and welcome to the Under Construction podcast for Ursinus College's Sociology 263 class, uh, Gender, Sex, and Politics of the Body. Uh, my name is Emily. My name is Emma. And I'm Sophie. And we're going to be talking about bodies and clothing and a lot of social constructs. Um, it is important to remember that these opinions of are our own and not reflective of any Ursinus College views or their ideas or opinions. The topic of women's bodies and modesty and their clothing has been a topic talked about a lot and for a very long time. Um, Just to give you some background, um, a lot of these uh, modern kind of concepts are based historically in religion and still kind of are today. Historically, women were seen as the tempstresses and the reason that men were corrupt and performing sin and having sexual intercourse, and they kind of forced women to cover themselves up so that they wouldn't tempt any man or anybody else around them to perform any sin, really. Um, And you can kind of still see this today in a lot of religion where they prefer that women cover up. Um, Sometimes in the Catholic Church, you have to cover your shoulders or your arms. Even if you are not Catholic and you're not there for a religious ceremony, you have to cover your head in a mosque. Um, And this kind of carried over into a lot of different aspects of everyday life, and we still see the repercussions today. Okay, to kind of go off what Emily was talking about um, with kind of dress codes in certain areas, I definitely wanted to mention dress codes uh, within schools, not necessarily just colleges, but um, in high schools also. Um, I know growing up, we at my high school, I had the two-finger rule. Uh, you could not wear shirts that were spaghetti straps or did not cover your shoulders completely um, because it would be um, quote-unquote distracting to other kids in class. Um, Your shorts and your skirts or anything kind of that you were wearing for pants, it was the length of your fingertips. So if you had very short arms, you could wear things that were shorter, but if you had very long, lanky arms, uh, you were kind of um, out of luck with that thing. Um, But with all these things, especially with um, the spaghetti strap shirts, I know bra straps are kind of a huge... Um, no-no, as they would say. They never wanted you to show it um, because it was, once again, way too distracting for other kids. Yeah, which is weird because, you know, we always, growing up when when women have to buy bras and going through that, you know, stage where they have to buy, like, better bras than just, like, the training ones that you have when you're, like, 12, um, they get more and more expensive as time goes on. And... Which doesn't make sense because we're always taught to hide our bras, to hide, um, to make sure that bra straps and every part of the bra is not showing. But if you're getting these nice bras that you're spending fifty, sixty, seventy dollars on, why can't you show the straps? Yeah, like I want to be able to show it off. Like say, hey, I did pay fifty bucks for this this bra. Why why would I want to have it hidden the entire time? Um, it just like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, definitely. I. I definitely think that um, women just I, that like the companies they make it so you're you're buying for the man's eye and these I articles of clothing are viewed as um, wanted more. There's more demand for them because you're getting attention from the people who are going to be seeing it, which is if you are a straight woman is a man. Um, and that is what is more appealing um, in society. 
and yeah, and I and it's funny because um, if I am going out on a weekend and my bra strap happens to be showing, or if I'm wearing a low cut shirt, um, my guy friends are the first ones to start pulling my shirt up to make sure um, that I'm not revealing too much skin, um, and just goes to show that they're the ones that want to be seeing it, but at the same time, um, they're the ones that are trying to protect you um, from other people and with kind of what society has perpetuated, like such a negative thing, um, being able to show off your body in those ways. I think it's also interesting, a lot of the marketing campaigns for like lingerie or underwear are like, oh, it's a gift, it's a little secret for him, like no one will have to know. And you know, they have these like frills and bows as if it's literally like a present. Like, you, Mm -hmm. as an individual, like, your breasts are, like, a present for a man, not just, you know, this is a bra, and I'm wearing it, kind of thing. And even just, like, the shaping of everything. Uh, Bras are now there to lift your breasts. They want them to look um, kind of what they want just general breasts to look like, the kind of... um, the perky and uplifting, the normal size, not too small, but not too big. Um, that's what bras are there to do. Um, but whereas if you do have larger breasts, it is going to be harder to find cheaper bras to kind of, um, to wear all the time and bras that are actually comfortable to wear. Um, they're not the most comfortable things to wear. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, underwire digging into your skin stinks (laughs) and it hurts. Um, so trying to find those things that like are there to please other genders and like other partners I just think it's absolutely ridiculous yeah and definitely like and for me it's like if you play into that if you want like a cuter bra and not just for you know the attractiveness of it or how it will look to another person but just wanting to have a cute bra it's so hard to find if you are somebody with bigger breasts like um most like most of my friends who have smaller breasts they go to Victoria's Secret to get like their cute bras but there is rarely a time that Victoria's Secret has my size there and it's so frustrating because um what society has made okay and has made like beautiful the stores that carry that the stores that allow you to like shape yourself to that if you chose to don't even have it for people Mm -hmm. who aren't tiny I think it's also crazy to think there was that time, I feel like it was not too long ago, where people believed that wearing an underwire bra could cause breast cancer, mm. or can like increase your rate, your likelihood of getting breast cancer, but because everybody was so socially trained that you had to wear a bra every day, people kind of just accepted it. People really didn't say like, oh, let's change this, let's fight for something. Like, They really just took it and said, you know what, this is a beauty standard I have to follow, and it might risk my health. Because if not, I risk social rep- social repercussions. And it's kind of crazy to think that people really followed social stigmas rather than protecting themselves. And still, we still have these social repercussions too. Um, if girls don't want to wear a bra to class and they don't, you will get looks from other people of like, oh my goodness, like why, why aren't you wearing a bra? Like that's you need to be wearing those things. Um, but it's a comfort level. Like if you don't want to wear one one day, don't. Like who's going to stop you? Um, no one's actually seeing anything. You're wearing clothing on top. Why does it matter? Yeah, and, like, the whole, um, quote-unquote problem of, like, seeing a girl's nipples through their shirt. But, like, in my high school, men, I mean, that happened all the time with men. And men would just randomly take off their shirts in high school and just be completely fine with it. If a woman did that, there would be, like, 
an uproar in the entire administration. And speaking of an administration, also, um, I am personally a tour guide at the school, and we actually um, were, they cracked down on our dress code for giving tours. Um, And personally, it it very much angered me because um, the way that they presented it, they just split it up to male and female. Um, Not necessarily any other person, or if anyone does not kind of um, define themselves as that certain gender. Um, There was no category for them, Um, but we aren't allowed to wear um, sweatshirts. We aren't allowed to wear leggings because they're not technically pants. Um, We can only wear jeans, but there can't be too many rips in them. Uh, Not tight enough. We can't wear tight clothing or anything that kind of shows off those things. It has to be college kid business attire, which in my opinion, I don't even know what college where a tire is for um, business casual in that sense. Um, I don't own that stuff. Like I show to show up to class in sweatpants and t-shirts almost every day. Um, but on work days, uh, I have to search in all of my drawers to find uh, jeans that don't have that many rips in them um, because that is right now a trend is having um, boyfriend jeans or jeans that have rips in them because that's just how the style trend is going. But for guys, um, they're allowed to wear jeans with rips in them. Um, Obviously not too many, but because they're not as tight on them. So it's like you're not actually seeing a lot of their skin. You're just seeing the rips because of the shadows behind it. Um, They're not allowed to wear um, T-shirts or any other sort of sweatshirts like we are. But um, mostly they can get away with it because there's not many other shirts that guys wear besides T-shirts or um, polos and those things. And especially in the wintertime, um, how am I not going to be able to wear uh, a sweatshirt if it's a little chilly outside, but the only other jacket I have is my parka? So there, it's little things like that that was angry. But it's kind of hard to be able to express yourself and express how much uh, students at or sinus have individuality and people are so... Um, understanding and the accepting of your individuality but when we are getting stripped of our individuality by showing up to work so it's like we're preaching a false motto um, about our campus which is um, kind of a shame I mean I feel that when I was in high school and I would go on college tours my mom would always make sure I had like a nice sweater and jeans and nice shoes because you want to present yourself well but why is that important? Like, it doesn't really matter what you're presenting as if you if your grades are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of crazy that we want college students and young adults to kind of conform to these social constructs that they're business casual, that they are kind of part of this adult world when they aren't yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of are being forced into that category. Um, and I think that it's interesting because y- there is such a gender binary. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, there's no kind of middle ground. There's no, like, gender-neutral parts of that. No, there's not at all. And um, and kind of going off of that, um, the with the dress code, um, it's, it's hard to, once again, to preach that to all of them. Um, And another way that the uh, gender binary is enforced um, with clothing would be in uh, the sports world in general. I think that there is a huge gap of um, just different clothing for men versus women um, in sports. 
on a basic like low level in high school I know like my best friend played lacrosse in high school and she had to wear skirts um on the field well they're like skorts Mm -hmm. but that's a skirt um and then uh same with like field hockey and just other sports um women have to wear skirts even though they're like doing physical activity where like that's not comfortable in a skirt so Mm -hmm. it doesn't like make any sense why they're in skirts a lot of sports um when asked about this like a lot of um like overall corporations kind of talk about how it allows women to still be more feminine and hold their identity when really your femininity or masculinity has nothing to do with how well you play sports um it's really just your athleticism um a lot of women still have to wear skirts even in boxing Mm -hmm. because they want you to know that those are women fighting because you can't necessarily see their faces when you know your gender really doesn't matter when you're playing a sport you shouldn't have to think Mm -hmm. how can I represent my femininity while trying to knock somebody else out and around and yeah I played um in high school I was a three-sport athlete um and I played field hockey but I was the goalie um and even being the goalie um if you've ever seen kind of field hockey goalies they are covered in padding um so you have your full-on helmet that you cannot even see their eyes through um a neck guard chest guard you wear a girdle which is basically um pants uh, that have padding all over them if you get hit just to try to protect you as well as two ginormous leg guards and arm guards Um, so you are basically looking like a transformer and my uniform was still to wear a skirt with underneath those girdles and the girdles were uh, the pants part so it was almost like putting a pair of um, like oversized basketball shorts so they're still kind of flowy but at the same time they have padding within them um so it would depend on the kind that you would want you could have a more form-fitting or whatnot but even underneath all of those things you still have a ginormous jersey to go on over top of it so you can barely see that you're a girl um obviously most would assume because it is an all-girls sport um but even still uh i you could not even tell that i was a girl yet i still was forced to wear skirts underneath and of course these skirts um didn't have spandex under them so um if you didn't have spandex that was almost impossible to play the game because you would be flashing everyone while you're playing um but you are still there to provide they don't even provide those things you have to kind of supply them your own which just once again um is silly for girls to be playing within skirts and to try to show off their femininity through an aggressive sport I know something a lot of girls in my high school personally did when playing sports like that was always the addition of, like, bows to their hair or nice Mm -hmm. ribbons in their hair or on their uniforms. Kind of, even in the sports where you didn't have to wear a skirt, like maybe soccer where you were wearing shorts, like, you added something Mm -hmm. to let everyone know that you were still a woman playing sports. There really was no just, oh, that's an athlete. It had to be, that's a female athlete. Yeah, I also played softball, um, and... I discussed it in class a little bit of how kind of the makeup and jewelry aspect of softball, um, how when you're younger you're not allowed to wear any some sort of jewelry. Um, usually you don't wear makeup because you usually sweat it all off. Um, but I always had these ginormous um, cheerleading looking like bows that we would always wear in our hairs. Um, even though th- we wouldn't have that many um, watchers of our games, uh, no one would really come to a high school softball game. But when you get to the collegiate level, um, they want you, especially when it comes to D1, they want you looking your prime. They want you to have a full face of makeup on, um, jewelry completely in. Um, 
hair done to the max. They want it curled. They want hairspray and all of the, like, the whole nine yards just to show off your beauty while playing a sport. And it's, it's kind of funny to see them at the beginning of the game and watching, like, oh, they're all done and they're ready to go. But then after their game, they are just dripping in sweat. And it's, it's hard to see them um, not sweat off that makeup. And it, it, that's kind of where I would be a little off with the situation of the where, where you start at the beginning of the game and where you end is completely different. You could be covered in mud. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily as attractive as it is to not even just wear makeup in the first place rather than having it all over your face. And you definitely see that on a professional level too. Um, we talked a little in class about this as well, but you see like in the Olympics, like women um, runners, like running with their hair down um, and running with full faces of makeup and with jewelry and like that's not the most efficient way and most comfortable way to run and that's always expected of women um, and on top of that like we see um, with Serena Williams um, you know there was I, I don't remember when it was but she wore like a black tutu and I think that part of that reason was because you know she wanted to show off the fact that she was still a woman, that she was, um, she did still have this feminine side to her, even though she's always viewed as this, like, powerful, muscular woman um, in a sport that's typically men. Yeah, she actually decided to wear that outfit after she was told she couldn't wear her one-piece, what people were calling kind of a cat suit. Mm -hmm. Um, She tried to wear a really nice, wonderfully designed one-piece full bodysuit that actually helps her with her blood clots that she has from complications of giving birth. And it's basically the same thing that a woman named Anne White wore 33 years ago playing the same competition and was told that she could wear. Um, so Serena Williams kind of tried to break this, you have to be a female athlete showing your femininity, and was basically told she couldn't. They kind of pushed her back and told her to go back to the skirt, told her to wear, you know, what typical uh, tennis clothes were, and she decided, no, like, I'm going to break that. I'm going to kind of go above and beyond that just to show how ridiculous it is. Mm -hmm. And she looked great. (laughs) She did. And this isn't even um, just something that's, like, just starting up. Um, I know um, while World War II was going on with the All-American Girls uh, Professional Baseball League, when that started in about uh, 1943, uh, women were trying to take the place of the men who were off at war and trying to have some, still some sort of entertainment, especially within um, athletics. Um, and they were forced to be wearing these one-piece, um, skirted, flared, almost dress-like tunics um, for the, base, the entirety of these baseball games. Um, and obviously the, the, the creators of these uniforms, the one that des- designed them, was also a man. Um, so they don't even take into consideration with that sport. Um, you do a lot of sliding, you do a lot of diving, you you get dirty, and that's why most of the time people wear pants because if you do slide on dirt, you're gonna get cut, and you're gonna get cut pretty badly. Um, so uh, they would get covered within bruises, and they call them raspberries, which are just basically kind of rug burns, but add in dirt to them, um, which sting a lot coming from someone who has gotten them before. Uh, So just trying to still save that femininity within them, um, even because there weren't that many guys there to continue that kind of um, athleticism, uh, is still kind of ridiculous that they couldn't even just wear pants.
another woman of color who faced a lot of backlash and shame and just conversation about just her outfits was Demetria Obelor. She was a TV anchor in Dallas who received a comment from a white woman kind of shaming her basically for the clothing she was wearing, saying that she was a size 16 or 18 wearing a size 6 dress. And this isn't the first woman of color to be shamed because of how they appear on TV. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, They criticized her for her dresses, said they were too small, they were too revealing. But if you were to turn on almost any other news channel, you'd see a white woman wearing extremely similar clothing, honestly, probably the same dress. Um, So she really was a target just because of her race, not because of what she was wearing or how she was wearing it, but because of her race. And just in her body shape. Um, obviously different races have different body shapes and the fact that she does have a small waist um, with larger hips and bigger breasts um, that's where most of the comments were coming from of just like why it's way too small Um, it almost seems like it's suffocating her of like um, not being able to breathe and it was just kind of compressing her in different spots but where in reality that's just the shape of her body Um, they were also commenting a lot of her natural hair Um, which was a pretty big uh, definer of kind of who she is and she even comments and she says this is this is who I am like if you don't um, if you don't agree with what I do or what I wear or what I look like um, then on it basically she just said well change the channel Um, that's she is there to say she is going to continue what she's doing continue the way that she looks she's not going to change her look um, to please every other person on this planet Um, because that's honestly almost impossible to do. Um, It almost seems like there is, it is impossible to please everyone. Yeah, and you definitely get kind of also with other people who are in the national eye, like celebrities, like women of color tend to be kind of slut-shamed for their clothing choices because they're too revealing or like too small or too short, but you really don't see the same thing with white women celebrities. You see women like Rihanna being called sexy and you know like everybody wants to comment on her hot clothing look how short it is look how sexy she's trying to be and you get a white woman like Taylor Swift wearing a short dress and everyone's like oh she looks great she looks hot wow good job and it's it's kind of ridiculous and I definitely think there's a double standard with that um I mean there's a lot but uh one that I can think of is that like you said, women of color are always slammed for wearing like clothing that's too tight or too revealing or too short and not white women. And what we talked about in the last week's podcast was in Rihanna's stay video, it is her um, in pain in a bathtub and the entire video, like the directors and the producers focused on the parts of her body that were attractive like lips and shoulders and her back and there was one scene where she was like twisted in the bathtub she was like on her stomach but then she was like looking up at the camera like the camera was like looking at her from like a bird's eye view and it was kind of ridiculous because it was so unnatural and there's just this double standard because they're always women of color are always slammed for looking a certain way and for wearing clothing that accentuate their body but then in like industries they 
those parts of their body are used for profit and used against them in a way. Okay, so for one of the readings that we had for last class, it was called Brain, Brow, and Booty, the Latina Iconacy in U.S. Popular Culture by Guzman and Valdiva, v Divia, excuse me. Um, one of their main points in there uh, was how Latina women, um, specifically celebrities such as um, Jennifer Lopez was a main one in there, of how they actually posi position themselves while they're getting their photos taken of them um, to show off their the best features about them. So I know, for example, J-Lo, um, she always has her butt facing the camera and she looks over her shoulder for her, her poses since um, her fans and kind of the people that follow her, they believe that her butt is her best feature and they want to be able to kind of show and express that um, to uh, help out with the popular culture and to keep people more interested and to draw in attention to herself. Um, whereas other people like uh, Salma Hayek, uh, she is more famous for her breasts, so anytime what she's wearing, you will always see her usually in a lower cut um, shirt, anything to kind of accentuate those breasts, so she's always kind of shot head first, um, so you can see those features. Um, and it's kind of, it's hard to see that we are still um, being defined by those certain body parts of ourselves, not necessarily for um, kind of what we're doing, like those are two very famous celebrities um, and they're being more, um, they, their watchers want to see them for what they look like rather than um, what they kind of put out there for their, um, their kind of their jobs, what they do for a living. And I definitely think that what you were saying about the concept of like being defined by our body parts, um, I think that that also to work it down from a celebrity level just is on a person-by-person -person basis. Um, if you ever go on, like, Instagram and are just scrolling through and, like, some girl posts a picture of, like, whatever it is and, like, you look at the comments, the comments vary on what the picture is. It's, like, if it's from the back, like, what you were saying with Jennifer Lopez, people are always commenting, like, oh, look at that butt, like, or, like, the little peach emoji or something, and mm -hmm. it's, like, very focused on that um, rather than, like, any other part of the photo. And if it's from, like, the front, they're always focused on, like, how well your makeup is mm -hmm. or, like, how good your brows are or, like, if it's – if you are, like, showing cleavage or whatever, they focus on that. And I think um, also – that varies among white women and women of color because what I've noticed is that comments on photos of women of color have always been more violent and by that I mean like oh slay queen and you look fire and like run me over with your car like stuff like that like this is like a joke but they're more like violent where comments towards white women are always like oh my gosh you look so pretty you're so beautiful you're so cute and stuff like that and I think that that also enforces um the stereotype that black individuals are have that violent nature thank you for listening to us discuss social norms and constructs and repercussions that both men and women face, um, no matter what their age, race, or identity. 
Um, we ask you to continue to challenge these social constructs and break these social rules um, because we can't really get anywhere in history if you don't challenge it. Um, thank you for listening to us talk about a lot of different topics in a short time. And we encourage you to ask questions or tell us your comments, how you liked it, what you disliked, using the hashtag Under Construction Podcast on Twitter. Uh, thank you for listening. And please remember that these um, ideas and thoughts are all our own individual thoughts and not reflective of Resinus College's ideas or values.